You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Some days you wake up, things just feel different. It's a difference in the air. There's a vibe, there's an energy, there's a thing. And today has that day because we know we're going to get amazing college football all throughout the weekend. And it starts tonight. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests always join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And you can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Sarah Spain, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Now, let's get to some Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, Sarah. And, you know, the Straight Talk is I'm going to spend the next two hours promoting what feels like 732 college football shows that start uh, over the course of the next uh, few days for me. But it, it's all happening right now because we get a marquee matchup, not just because college football starts this weekend, but even tonight – we get Ohio State taking on Minnesota. You got a team that everybody always thinks is going to be in the playoffs taking on a conference rival on a Thursday night. Like, this is a heck of a way to start a long weekend of incredible college football. Yeah, I have had a handful of different Buckeyes friends who have been posting on social media since I'm going to go with at least six hours ago, already at the bar. Ooh. Now, I'm not going to account for why so few of them have jobs, apparently, and why they're already at the <laughs> bar by like noon on a Thursday afternoon. I'm not going to judge. Listen, you got your priorities, and for them, the priority is to get the best spot at the bar for uh, what's going to be a really, really exciting night. And again, your point, like to have those names to have that excitement on a Thursday to kick off officially week one. Um, I think that kind of gets things going in a special way. Well, and what we've got here is an Ohio State uh, program that obviously every year is incredible, and Ryan Day has stepped in at such a level that we forget that there was a question mark about if anyone Mm -hmm. can replace Urban Meyer. He's done it beautifully. C.J. Stroud will be the new quarterback for Ohio State, and what's interesting about them, there's sort of this this weird cross-section, and I'll give uh, Jenny, the great researcher on College Football Live today, pointed this out. You know, we talk about the fact that all the receivers are coming back for C.J. Stroud, which should make his life easy, but but overall offensive returning production for Ohio State would actually only be 52% of their offense, which is 10th fewest in all of FBS. So I'm not saying that C.J. Stroud can't be great. I'm just saying that we might need to acknowledge that in the first game or two, especially when you're taking on a conference rival, we might see a more conservative Ohio State than we're used to because they're replacing a lot. Yeah, and you know, you talked about C.J. Stroud getting the start. There's been a lot of conversation from his teammates about his confidence, how good they feel about him as well, their confidence in him that he could step up and make his first collegiate start and look like he's the man in charge right away. But that will, I think, how much we see him unleashed, how much they put on his shoulders, to your point, might really depend on how they feel about everything around him and how much pressure they want to put on him to really air it out and 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 go big versus let's ease our way in, understanding that we've got a lot of new faces and that we've got, including some some injuries and players not available. Yeah, and I, one of the interesting – and by the way, I, I will continue to look tonight and think 
the other side of this is Minnesota. Uh, 2019 with game day, uh, I went out there. We stood in the snow. It was incredible to watch just as it was coming down, and we were all freezing cold, and there was this sense that Minnesota was going to have some new chapter of greatness. Then last year, let's just face it, they weren't very good. So <laughs> now the question is, was that just a COVID year, and all of a right. sudden we're going to see that Minnesota from two years ago, or was Minnesota a flash in the pan in 2019? I'm not saying they have to win this game, but this is the sort of game that you want to see Minnesota come out and play really well for P.J. Fleck to continue to get the level of respect that he gets across the landscape. I, I, I'm at least looking for that portion. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz, I know that you are going to be busy. I mean, I look forward to the fall a little bit because I go hard in the paint in the summer, especially this year. I it, I took the weather hard in February and March here in Chicago. And when it got warm, I started filling my social calendar with as many COVID safe things as possible, just in case we end up being a little bit more back on our own in the wintertime. So I'm looking forward to the fall and spending my Sundays relaxing all day, watching the NFL. You work all fall and winter. Like the football season for you is like more work than usual. And that includes a ton of college football stuff, which includes our buddy, Harry Douglas, who's going to join us next, right? That's one of the things that starts for you essentially this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So everything, the chaos actually starts tomorrow. I was telling Raj, who's filling in as our producer extraordinaire today, that uh, my chaos starts tomorrow with the, uh, with the new show. Uh, the, it's called The Kickoff. And uh, so it's a weekend preview show, me and Gary Streisky on the digital for, uh, platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, ESPN app, YouTube, all those places. That's nice. Fridays at 6 p.m. And then Saturday, I will be hanging out with Harry Douglas from 7 to 8 p.m. and then from 11 to 11.30 p.m. We're double dipping together. So Harry and I are going to be on campus together from noon to watch the first games all the way until midnight. I'm not sure... If that's the best or worst idea, like, because we're close now, but I don't know, like, if our friendship can handle that much college football. So, you know, that that all gets that gets rolling this weekend, which is uh, by, by the time we get to Sunday, I'm just going to sit down and be just a massive bump on a log. That's it. By the way, like, that's most people's dream job. The idea of sitting down with a former player and watching football all day, sharing insights, talking about what you're seeing. Uh, maybe not having to stay sober and eloquently discuss it afterwards, but the rest of it is something a lot of people would be very jealous about. By the way, oh we God, do yes. have that big Ohio State-Minnesota game tonight, but I also saw that this week one is the first time since the AP preseason poll started all the way back in 1950 that there are five games between top 25 teams in the full opening week for the season. Obviously the big one is Clemson and Georgia three versus five there in Charlotte, but that's a heck of a lot of pretty meaningful games right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it. I mean, Clemson, Georgia, there's so much on the line or so little on the line, depending on who you ask. I feel like everybody's trying to figure (laughs) out what will happen to the loser of that game, which is such a strange mindset to have going into it to me I still think we should maybe focus on what it means for the winner of the game but uh, Clemson Georgia <laughs> that's not how it Charlotte, works Fitz. Um, <laughs> that's never how it works <laughs> yeah you are you're right about that 100 percent. but you, we also get Penn State taking on Wisconsin which is a great again you've got some rivalry there Indiana is, is Indiana a football school like they're going to take on <laughs> Iowa and can they I'll tell you what my buddy wasn't a fluke yeah you know uh my buddy Dylan is back at Indiana getting his entire family recruited there. So I'm 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 ready to like have maybe that maybe that'll be my secondary college team after my adopted team of Michigan because uh my 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 buddy Dylan who used to be the running backs coach for the Chiefs is now back coaching at Indiana and I'm I'm ready to see what he could do. 
Yeah, I mean, that's going to be – I'm, I'm just shamelessly, as anyone that doesn't know, I don't have a favorite college football team. I genuinely don't care who wins or who loses. That's why I love covering the sport. So, for me, it's hard to root against Indiana because it was such a great story last year and because, frankly, I just want the Big Ten to be more competitive in right. general. So, yeah. uh, you know, but there's also I actually don't care if upset. it's competitive as long as Michigan wins, but I know that's not going to happen, so I need to start hedging my bets a little bit and placing my allegiances in other places that might be surprising and delighting. Look, you were basically connected – of, you know, it was a reality show process that brought you right. to Michigan. If that reality relationship doesn't make it, that's not shocking to the world. The that's world very will true. Understand that? Yeah, you know, not like, everyone. Maybe, not everyone can be. You know, the the Rachel and uh, I always forget her her dude's name of of the Bachelor. Some of us can just or, be every other episode and season. <laughs> hey, Jordan and JoJo are still kicking it. That's Let's true. Go. Come on, that's true. Maybe maybe it should work though because based on statistics, people who have worked for ESPN. Other than uh, Palmer, have ended up sticking around with their guys. See, see, it's the that's that's the tie that we're, we're the uh, company that continues to bring relationships together. One one sneaky good game to keep an eye on this weekend: Louisiana, Texas. Like before, everybody rolls their eyes. Louisiana bringing back 19 starters from a team that was actually pretty good last year in Texas with a lot of pressure. So even though that's a 23 versus 21, I just feel like the world's going to be yelling about Texas this year, especially given, you know, Sark is the coach in his first year there and they've got all this SEC stuff. Oh, the trash talking around Texas is going to be a delight, Sarah. (laughs) Well, we should get your buddy, Harry Douglas, out here to talk to him because I want to ask him about some of the expectations for the quarterbacks taking over some of the top schools. And uh, I also want to ask him how he plans to deal with, A, you saying you need to take a tinkle every couple minutes, and B, whatever smorgasbord of disgusting chemical-laced food you're going to have in front of you all day every Saturday. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. We'll talk to Harry next. By the way, that was some straight talk. Straight talk, wireless, no contracts, no compromise. Harry Douglas is going to join us next. We'll get his thoughts on all things college football as we get you set for a huge weekend next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. College football gets underway in the biggest way possible this week. And I know we had week zero last week, but it feels different this week. Got five ranked matchups, as Sarah alluded to earlier. And so to break everything down that we can expect, we're going to head over to the Goodyear Hotline, where we are joined by one of my favorites, obviously, because we work together all the time. Harry Douglas. You can watch Harry Douglas tomorrow on First Take. That's fine. But you should also make sure you watch him on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, the ESPN app, all digital platforms, Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, then 11 to 11.30 Eastern for the College Football Show and the College Football Wrap-Up Show with yours truly. Harry, on a scale of 1 to 10, your excitement level to see me for roughly 12 hours every Saturday is... <laughs> 1,000. Wow. Let's go. Wow. Okay. Because my response to him saying he's one of my favorites because we work a lot together, I was like, oh, is that how it's supposed to work? Um, (laughs) Harry, I have an important question for you. You're you're an athlete. Your body is a shrine. You understand what to put in to get out what you need from it. Are you going to be okay spending all Saturday, every Saturday with Fitz as he eats a com- combination of foods, none of which have a single actual food ingredient in them? Is that going to just hurt you to even watch? No, not at all. I'm completely fine with it because all I have to worry about is what I'm putting in my body because I'm going <laughs> to be eating a lot myself. I'm going to have right now I have honey roasted peanuts on my hotel desk. Mm. I have some Pringles. I have oh, three no. Sprites. 
I have oh, a no. water bottle. And then as soon as I get off the phone with y'all, I'm going to go find me something to eat. I don't know what it's going to be, but whatever I can find, because not too many places are open since the bloody happened yesterday in New York. Yeah, you I guys mean, are meant many, for each other. Many... As it turns out, I was wrong. You're going to just sit together and, and yeah, it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, the uh, difference is that Harry be. Douglas is a lifelong athlete. At the end of the season, he'll still look like a lifelong athlete. I <laughs> will look like Tim Allen in the Santa Claus when he kept going back into the red soup fat thing. Uh, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. We're talking to Harry Douglas on the Goodyear Hotline. All right, so instead of just breaking down my mic and I consumption, because we will get into that later, <laughs> uh, when you look forward to to the first weekend of the season, and when you start thinking about all of these teams that are sitting there game planning for what they don't know, there's no preseason unlike the NFL. Yeah. How much harder does it make it in your mind for kids to come out week one and be the version of themselves that they'll be by the end of the season? Well, I think it's harder because, number one, Fitz, uh, the guys are so excited. They're excited to get out there on the football field. And some of these guys are freshmen who, who are going to play for the first time and whoever redshirt are going to play for the first time as well in a, in a real game. So I think you got to uh, take that part of it, um, game planning for an opponent you don't know. But I think the unique part about college football this year is that we have so many top matchups in week one, so now teams can't really coast into the season. Right, mm-hmm. everyone has to be on their P's and Q's, and I'm pretty sure coaches have taken training camp a little different, knowing that as well. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're talking to Harry Douglas, who will be on first take tomorrow, but more importantly, with Jason Fitz on Saturdays, uh, talking college football. One of the things that stands out to me about this week one, in addition to the fact that there's a lot of big time matchups, is the quarterbacks taking over for four of the top six teams. You've got Bryce Young at Bama, CJ Stroud at Ohio State, DJ Uyunglele at Clemson, Haynes King at Texas A&M. Are there any of those that you've got a particular eye on, either because you think they're going to come out firing and look fantastic or maybe that you're a little bit concerned that they're not ready yet um it's going to be dj Uangale from from clemson because i don't think this this clemson team is going to have a drop off because he had the opportunity last year to come in in two games and start and play very well so now coming into this spring uh Dabo sweeney and, and that coaching staff don't have to worry and tony elliott don't have to worry about okay, is he going to be a little nervous? Nope. You put him in the fire last year. He did well. He came into the spring this year, took over the team. This is my team. Trevor Lawrence is gone. Did the same thing in training camp. And I think it's even better that he's going against JT Daniels, a guy who played four games uh, down the stretch last year for Georgia and did very well. And I think he did well in that bowl game against Cincinnati. So that matchup for DJ, Big Cinco is what they call him, is what I really have my eyes on. But for the other guys, also Alabama, they're the number one team in the country. Bryce Young, I want to see this offense. It's going to go from Bill O'Brien is now taking over this offense. Steve Sarkeesian is the head coach in Texas now. But I think this offense is going to go back to being what it was with Tua to, to, to showcase Bryce Young's athleticism. So I'm looking to see how athletic he's going to be on the field going against Miami, a team full of athletes. Because we know if, if Miami can return to being back the U, we all know what college football is going to be if they can return back to being the U. So, Harry, stick with Miami for a second, because if Miami doesn't go back to being the U, in a name-image likeness world where De'Ara King has made, according to multiple reports, over a million dollars for his likeness so far as Miami's quarterback, what's the, the sort of ripple effect for that from fans and businesses that have invested in him if they turn out to be no good? 
Well, I'm going to tell you this, Fitz. One person, if Miami doesn't pan out, it's not going to be De'Aaron King's fault. It's probably going to be the lack of having the defensive line presence that they're used to having in the, in the, in the previous years. Yeah, think about it. They just had three guys, right? Phillips, Roche, and Rasu. Guys, and I know uh, Rasu didn't play last year, but that's three guys on your defensive line who are studs, right, who you can count on at any point to get you sacks and get after the quarterback. Now they have to replace those guys and they don't know who that guy's going to be. It might be Stevenson. I think he's a transfer from Tennessee, actually from Miami. He's a guy that, that's up for McLeod, another guy, Zach McLeod, who can be that guy. So I think if Miami doesn't pan out um, this season, I think it's going to be because the lack of uh, what they have on the defensive line, a position that they haven't been worried about in so long. But to answer your question, if, if some of these guys, man, and I, and I think these coaches going into this season when it comes to name, image, and likeness, you have to have a team meeting to set the stone, set the standard, set the bar, right? And, and, and let your players know what it's going to be the entire year. We're not going to focus on what this person is doing and what this person is making. We're going to focus on the game of football. It's just like when you play in the NFL, we don't, we don't really focus on um, the, the endorsement deals during the season. You more so focus on those, those things after the season because when you're in season, you're focused. And, the good coaches, they're going to address this or probably already have addressed this early right. on in training camp. So when they get into the season, you don't have to have that conversation or re- re- revisit that conversation again. Yeah, it's going to be super important to just set those uh, set those regulations and, and make that conversation something that's going to be productive and not the opposite. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. In fact, we're already seeing that people are a whole lot less interested in them making money than they were about making sure that they did get that money. Uh, we're talking to Harry mm-hmm. Douglas on Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're running out of time here, so I want to leave on a fun one. Have you heard about this SMU kicker? Okay, the SMU kicker is named Brendan Hall. He's 6'8", 232 pounds and wears a size 14 shoe. I just want to throw that out there because I feel like we're all eventually after this week and in, throughout the season going to be seeing shots of this guy and each time it's going to be insanely, it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> I actually have not seen him, but now you're going to make me go look him up. 6'8", yeah. kicker? 6'8", 232-pound kicker. Yeah. The one, need, that's the one kicker the in the entire court. country. That that's the one kicker in the entire country. People aren't going to trash talk like that's just fa- like the facts. The locker room is going to love that guy. <laughs> Not going to fight but, him. Harry, yeah. appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> Have a no great problem. weekend. Uh, well, I'll see you Saturday, brother. Thanks for hanging. It's Thanks, great, Harry. Harry Douglas, right. and uh, he's doing great work. Uh, check him out on First Take again. A six eight kicker. I just I love all that. I got to get McAfee's thoughts on that next because that just feels <laughs> like a, a strange, strange thing. Harry Douglas brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear. More driven. All right. It's that time of year. It's time for some crazy predictions. We are going to make those crazy predictions, and we'll do that next on Spain and Fitz. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can catch all the stuff you might have missed. It's on the ESPN app, Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find all the good stuff from Spain and Fitz. We've been going around talking to every single team's representative from training camp, except for the Bears and Raiders. I'm guessing that's coming soon. We we got to hit that up soon, Fitz. We can't keep putting it off. 
I mean, it's our show. We can put it off as long as we like. It's, uh, it's right, the power right, right. having our name on it. Probably be useful to do it while we're still in camp, though, huh? <laughs> Uh, Probably just I don't know details. Uh, But in the meantime, we've sort of tackled every other team and the expectations, disappointments, which groups need work, which ones look like they're going to be coming out strong. And we've never really gotten to the just blatant throw spaghetti at the wall, as they say on Disney part of the show where we make wild and absurd predictions sure to come out wrong. And that's today. Folks, that is today that we're going to do that. (laughs) Uh, What had me thinking about it was some of the first-year head coaches. There are seven of them this year. And, you know, I think you have to look at it a whole lot of context around them to try to figure out who's going to thrive. There's been a lot of conversation around Urban Myers and various missteps that I think were bad. I don't add his recent comments on vaccination affecting roster decisions into the mix. I think people who are chastising him for that are missing the field force for the trees in the sense that it was 100% accurate, 100% true. And all the decision-making by both the league and the PA has resoundingly supported that everybody knows that that's the truth. So I'm not adding that to the mix. But there are other things that we've seen from Urban Myers that have a lot of people wondering whether he's uh, whether Myers a guy that's going to make it in the NFL. Fitz, I'm going to give you all of the first-year head coaches, and I want you to tell me who will have the best record. Okay? We got Brandon right, Staley with the Chargers, Urban Meyer with the Jags, Nick Sirianni and the Eagles, Dan Campbell and the Lions, Arthur Smith with the Falcons, Robert Sala with the Jets, David Culley and the Texans. Ooh, boy, there's a lot of ugly teams in the mix there. Yeah, there's a lot of coaches that are going to be unemployed in the mix there, too. I I mean, this one. Really? After one year with a bad team? Well, not not one year, just in in a couple of years. Well, you know, I'll give Sirianni a couple of years. I'll give Dan Campbell, you know, a couple of years. Uh, But really, there's only two head coaches on this list I think are in really good situations to have some success. So for me, it comes down to Arthur Smith uh, with the Falcons or Brandon Staley with the Chargers. But uh, the Chargers are just a stinking good roster. There's nothing that takes away from that. They've never been able to get healthy, and they were poorly coached. I believe that if they can ever figure out the healthy part, which is one of those, you know, football gods got to shine on you, that they're a really good football team. I think the Chargers are going to be good this year. So Brandon Staley in a good situation. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. You look at the record and you kind of cringe, but Herbert was so great as a rookie last year. The Chargers bulked up that offensive line. They added a lot in the offseason to help that defense. I feel like this Chargers team is going to be a lot better than expected. I don't see a lot out of the Jags. Of course, not the Jets. Of course, not the Lions and the Texans. I mean, David Culley's in a lose-lose situation, even if not just for the lack of talent there, but everything else going on. So I think you're right. And by the way, we're going to talk to Mina Kimes later in the show. She just wrote a story about Herbert. Speaking of the Chargers, we'll get to uh, her insights on that. All right, next one. Uh, by the way, uh, we while we're talking about coaches at new teams, a lot of those teams also have new quarterbacks there. So let's talk about the best rookie quarterback by the end of the season. I don't know that we do that by team wins fits. Maybe just by like the eye test slash everybody's general opinion on it. Uh, one of the ones that's getting a lot of votes on this, just from the general consensus, is Mac Jones. But Bart Scott doesn't seem quite so sold on the idea that he's instantly going to have success. Here's what he said. They don't need him to be Tom Brady, right? Because this is a user-friendly team right now that has great talent around Mac Jones. 
But when you talk about growth, and that's what you heard Bill Belichick say, the growth of Mac Jones, the growth is going to be stunted for a little while because the ceiling isn't that high for Mac Jones. When you get an Alabama player, you get a player that's pro-ready, but a, a player that's pretty much close to what he's going to be, right? Because he's going to get tremendous coaching. He's going to have tremendous football acumen. Listen, stop me when you tell me the neck, the last Alabama quarterback to come in this draft or come in this league and take the league by storm. Yeah, so he's just not sure about it. We'll get to the specifically Alabama quarterbacks, but let's start with rookie quarterbacks this year, Fitz. Who do you think is going to have the most success? I think the focus is, of course, on Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. A lot of clear expectations for those guys to either start or play a role. Who do you think has the best season? Well, I'm taking Trey Lance off the board because I think Jimmy G's going to get every shot to try and take this San Francisco team to a Super Bowl. So that's gone. I think Zach Wilson and the Jets are going to have a bunch of growing pains together. I don't care what it looked like in the preseason. So I'm swiping that one out. I'm going through this whole process of elimination. I think Mac Jones is going to end up being pretty good, and that's okay. This all comes down to two guys for me, and they were going into the draft. I thought clearly the two best quarterbacks in the draft, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. I haven't really backed down on that since before April, and I'm not going to back down now. I mean, Trevor Lawrence I don't think has a great situation, and there are complications, as we've talked a lot about, with Justin Fields and his situation. But if I have to trust an organization to be able to put something around him, I don't trust the Jags to get much right in year one. So I I think – that Trevor Lawrence, while I believe he's going to be a great quarterback, is going to have some hiccups here. One, I think by the end of the first year, we're talking about Justin Fields with the most glowing reviews. Woo! You love to hear it from your radio co-host. I hate to say it, but I'm going to say the same thing. I think Mac Jones will have a good year, and being in that system with Belichick and everybody else is going to be a positive for him. I don't have super high expectations yet for Zach Wilson, mainly because I think, like you said, the Jets. Same goes for Trevor Lawrence, though. I think... Those teams in the Jets and the Jags are just not going to be good enough teams that their play will totally shine through. Trey Lance is going to, I think, make some explosive, exciting plays, but Jimmy G is going to lead that team. And when Justin Fields gets in, I have some pretty high expectations for him and the weapons that he's got around him, assuming the offensive line doesn't get him killed. So I'm going to go Justin Fields as well. All right, let's go former Bama QBs, one of them being Tua Tungavailoa, who got... A bit of an endorsement from Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins. Here's what Flores said. I will say that Tua is our quarterback. Um, I think that's been the... um, I think he's had a good training camp. I think he's made a lot of uh, progress. Um, I think he's uh, um, made a lot of improvement. And, you know, we're we're, we're pleased with where he is. And he's he's, he's going about his preparations for New England the way he should be. And... uh, that's where we are as a team. I said a bit of an endorsement, and I think you could see why. Uh, there were a hmm. lot of uhs and hmms and hmms there. But Tua gets the start. Mack will get the start. And Jalen Hurts under center is the starting QB for the Eagles in week one. Three former Alabama QBs. In fact, three-fourths of the 2018 Alabama QB room specifically. Uh, Lane wow. Hatcher, the only one missing, now the starting quarterback at Arkansas State. Of the Alabama QBs, let's start with just season success. Jalen to a Mac, who you got? Yeah, and this is a really tough one because if you were asking me which one I could pick for my favorite football team, 
It'd be Tua. I still believe that Tua has every opportunity to grow into a really good starter. But where there's this much smoke, I, I'm, I'm left to believe there must be some sort of fire with Miami. So I think Mac Jones is going to have the best season, even though I think Tua has the ability to be a better quarterback. Wow. Yeah, I'm torn on this one. I think expectations for the Dolphins are higher than for definitely uh, definitely the Eagles. Uh, Patriots, it kind of depends on who you talk to. In fact, the experts we've had on the show during camp uh, for the Dolphins and Patriots, those who cover the teams, both predicted the same record, 11-6 and six for Miami and New England. I think you're right to be worried about Tua based on the, qua- you know, the sort of wavering support, but I'm going to go with Tua. I do think this Dolphins team should be pretty good around him, and I think he has a chance to prove a lot of people wrong. So I'm I'm going to go with two. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. All right, we need speed round here. Uh, of the next questions, Fitz, which one are you most in on? Maybe we'll do some more later in the show. Uh, but maybe do you have a next Sam Darnold, a young quarterback from the last year or two's drafts that you think people are going to give up on? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I think I think Tua is going to end up being the next Sam Darnold. Wow. I think the Dolphins are going to screw this whole thing up. Tua is going to go somewhere else, and he's still going to play at a high level. We have given up on this young quarterback far too soon. I don't understand it at all. I think Miami's making a mistake if they continue to let all of this happen. Tua walks. Tua gets better. Wait a minute. So that's the next Sam Darnold, and that means you think Sam Darnold is going to go somewhere and be a good quarterback. I think Sam Darnold is about to be the comeback player of the year in the NFL. Wow. Take that so right take. now he's go- right. he's found the place that he's going to be a good quarterback. This I, year. I am just wow. I, I am I'm soaking in all the Orlovsky hot take juice and I'm bringing it. You put him in that situation, you put him with that coaching staff and you put him with Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold is going to have a good year. The Panthers are going to be a little better than everybody expected, but we're going to walk away from this year saying, "Wow, Darnold is actually the future for the organization. How do you like that? Wow. Okay. Well, I wasn't ready to have that be the conclusion of the next Sam Darnold. I was just going with a recently drafted quarterback that they were going to give up on, and I was going to go Drew Locke on that one. I don't necessarily – I mean, obviously, Dwayne Haskins is already that. Uh, He kind of beat Sam Darnold to the bunch. Um I, I just I don't think that Drew Locke has it, even though I know when I hosted with the Infit Simmons, he said anybody that Peyton Manning's willing to spend time to keep working with must have something in there. I, I, I don't see it. So uh, I also don't see Sam Darnold being a great quarterback this year. So I guess that's one of those things you and I could put a friendly wager on. Uh, I, I don't have the optimism that you do there. Maybe we'll get to some more predictions coming up next. But in the meantime, Fitz is super excited for the magic of Monday Night Football in Vegas. We'll talk about it next. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We'll get back into some college football talk in a little bit, if you can believe it. Week one is here, and we've got some big-time games this weekend, including one tonight that folks are fired up about. But we were just talking NFL, and it had us thinking about how this is our last Sunday without NFL games for a very long stretch. And we were wondering how you're spending it. Uh, If you're someone who, once football season hits, you end up spending every Sunday either tailgating it at the game or on your couch watching, are you spending this last Sunday maybe tackling some to-dos around the house? Are you still in summer party mode, day drinking or poolside? Maybe prepping for a fantasy draft that's coming up early next week before the season starts? 
maybe watching a movie or hanging out with your spouse before you plan to ditch them for the remainder of the fall and winter. Uh, we'll put the poll up <laughs> at Sarah Spain, at Spain and Fitz, at Jason Fitz. You can let us know how you're spending the time. We are also just, it, it's kind of wild. It crept up this, I, I know we've been talking about it so much, Fitz, but the actual season and looking at my calendar, needing to make plans for which games I want to go to and road trips and everything, I've got Sunday night football for the Bears to start. You've done one better. Monday night football at home for the Raiders in their new stadium, and you're going to be there. Yeah, you know, I just have to give a tip of the hat to my beloved Raiders because uh, I'm I'm going to be hanging out with them some this fall uh, after games on their podcast, and they like to do a you know an immediate react. So they asked me to hang out, and I said, look, as long as you don't mind the fact that I may have had a cocktail – I don't mind doing that. So uh, we're, we're going to hang out on some uh, on some Sundays, about half the Sundays of the year. And uh, I'm going to, you know, just sort of talk to him. So they said, all right, well, did you want to come out to a game? So I flippantly threw out, well, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to come out to the Monday night game. And they said, sure, no problem. Got you covered. So then you add to the, the element of it. They're like, not sure that we have like a physical seat. You know, it, they're going to put me on the sideline before the kickoff. But then wow. once the game actually kicks off, then they're like, not sure that we have a seat. Might have to to put you in the club do you is that okay if oh we put my you in the club? gosh so I'm, like, I'm like yeah if you put me in the club i'm taking the club invite so the question Amazing. is do i hit him up for bottle service i feel like you know bottle service seems like the next the logical <laughs> you know just... wait hold on you're supposed to be coherently speaking after the game about things no, I mean, I warned him I might have a drink or two. I, I didn't yes yeah, so i don't know if bottle service is the choice i don't know if bottle bottle I mean, service for when I come with you to the game because that's the other thing. You left out the most important perk, which is that you also asked them for Bears Raiders in October. And my husband and I are headed out to hang with you and Sonny. And that's when we get the bottle service and the perks. Yeah, I mean that's when uh, that's when we go nuts. Yeah, that that's for sure. Maybe I should hold off on the. Oh, well, maybe I could just double dip and you know, like try and get double the service. I, I'm a little torn. You know, so many people don't think that they want. That sort of, I don't want to watch a game in a nightclub. And I get that, but I just want to experience the entirety of this thing. Like, when you think about a $2 billion stadium and you think about a city that's never had the opportunity to go in and cheer like this for a team, you know, I can't speak to what home field advantage will be like in five years. I don't know if eventually the away fans will overtake the place every mm-hmm. single Sunday. That's a, a real conversation to be had, but I can tell you that to know that like for that first game, for it to be on Monday night, to be right there. Like that's just such a special moment that the city of Las Vegas and the Raiders will never forget that I'm just uh, super stoked I get to be there. As someone whose favorite and preferred stadium is oft accused of being just a party place where people don't pay attention, I'll tell you not to succumb to those allegations until it's proved true because I think it's just jealousy. When people criticize Wrigley Field and say it's just a big party, I say, and it's a hell of a good time, win or lose, and we're paying attention and we're watching and we care a lot about the baseball, but we also have a great time while we're doing that. I'm sorry that your stadium doesn't afford you the same opportunity. I would say the same about the Raiders until you find out otherwise, which to your point could be visiting fans, but it also just might be that that club vibe does allow for a lot of distractions where you miss the play or you're not quite paying attention. You're not screaming your heads off to try to you know affect the other team's snap count, all that stuff. Uh, but I think give it a shot first before you assume the worst. Yeah, and, and Sarah, I also think we need to remember that a lot of these traveling fans are talking about in year one, year two, even year three, 
are going to be traveling Raiders fans that are like me that don't live in Vegas that yeah. want to go see this stadium. You know, that's, that's, that's a real thing for people when it's like, wow, fancy new stadium in a fancy new city. Let's go, uh, let's go have a crazy weekend. I will normally be doing Monday night uh, tailgate digitally, by the way, uh, but I'm missing that first one so I can be in the, uh, in the stadium. I'm going to call into this show, too, during, uh, right before the Monday night game, but, you know, that's the best chance at us being coherent. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so Monday night football for you at the stadium the first time it's going to be unbelievable uh and you're working with the Raiders which is so cool for you I was really thrilled I got to be part of the Bears schedule announcement on social media this year which was such a cool honor to be asked so you and I are just working our way into the into the proverbial clubhouses not the actual locker rooms but on the sideline everywhere else with our squads which is going to make for some good trash talking especially once the season gets underway and we are set to face each other in Vegas which brings me to the, my next question as i was planning ahead for our trip booking the flights and the hotels and everything else we're going to be there friday to monday Obviously, try to get in a show Friday night, but uh, once it's the weekend and we're technically not working, how should I fill my time, Fitz? Should I just go to the pool all day? Should I go see a show? I mean, how how long has it been since you considered yourself an expert on the uh, to-dos and don'ts in Vegas? I mean, pre-COVID, it was twice a year. So, you know, I feel like this. You know, you, you got a, a real plan and a real opportunity because our game's on a Sunday, right? So you know you're going to be there Friday and Saturday. What I would do in your situation is I would nightclub it on Friday after our mm, show because mm-hmm. that's you know that's the way you go, and then wake up Saturday when you're probably still a little out of it, but you go Saturday day club from a cabana, right? You get okay. like a cabana mm-hmm. hookup. I like so this. That you don't have to be in with the masses, but you're still around the masses. Yeah, of course, uh, I don't. You know, I don't. You know, hang with the plebs. No, no, of course not. I mean, like the quality <laughs> of life here. And then you spend all day there. You take a nap, and then you catch Ooh. a show Saturday wow. night. Mm-hmm. Bam, that puts you ready for Sunday morning. You wake up, you brunch it, and then bam, brunch and football. Woo! I got this. This sounds amazing. I am extremely excited. I can't wait for you to plan all of it, buy all the tickets, <laughs> get me all the hookups to all the places. I haven't been to Vegas. In, I, that's not true. I went to Vegas a couple years ago for one night only for Gronk's retirement party, which I didn't have to plan anything because uh, it was all just set up. But I, I, it's been a while, so I'm going to be calling you up, getting lots of tips. I'll get I'll get everything worked out for us. Maybe that's a fair way to finally square off You know, at least a third of the bets that I've lost. You know yet. what? I agree with that. My only problem with that is if you then blow it off just the way you've blown off all the paying of the bets and all up in Vegas with no plans. No, I don't no, know no, if I can trust bu- you. No. You got to get the Vegas plans in early. I'll have confirmation numbers. I'll get it okay. worked out, Sarah. All right, all right. Anyone listening, if you got the Vegas Connects, go ahead and hit us up. Let us know. Cabanas, clubs, you know how it works. It's Spain and Fitz, mm-hmm. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, coming up. NFL Talk with Jeff Darlington here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. People are already getting spicy about the poll that we put up. Oh, I'm going to watch college football. It exists. All right. That's not the topic of the poll. Everybody relax. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. I'm always causing trouble on the internet, Fitz. 
You know, I'm asking people if we should hate Canada. Everyone's getting mad. People are chiming in. Uh, I need to. I need to watch my language. I guess uh, those those character limits really hurt you. Uh, we're going to talk a little. Some people have like a, like a tiny amount of common sense. So like, yeah, we're asking yeah, be this nice. question on a show where like, <laughs> just listen to the fact. I just told everybody I'm doing like 732 college football shows right, this right. fall. Yet they're still in your menchies about the fact that it exists. You don't say. I just mean, did two full segments on it, and we're getting back to it later. But now we are going to talk NFL. ESPN reporter Jeff Darlington is going to join us. Jeff, thanks for hopping on. Well, what's the poll? I want to know the poll. Well, you can, yeah, you could give your answer. Uh, it is basically, this is the last Sunday without NFL football uh, for a long time. So we asked people how yeah. they were going to spend it. The options are uh, finishing up some to-dos around the house, in summer party yeah. mode still, day drinking, prepping for yeah. a fantasy draft, or watching a movie slash hanging out with a spouse to appease them before football season. Right. What's, wait, what's wrong with that poll? Is there anything wrong well, with it? Well, uh, apparently uh, we ignored college, even though the poll specifically about the NFL. Uh, someone else was oh, mad yeah, about yeah, the yeah, spouse yeah, question, even though it was gender neutral. And just because you watch with ev- everything with your spouse doesn't mean oh, all gosh. relationships. Are, people just get salty about everything, Jeff. That's exhausting. Uh, it, it really is. It's really exhausting. <laughs> Speaking of exhausting. I'll be, uh, I'll, be, I'll be day drinking, by the way, for sure. There you go. 100%. I'm actually going to be at the AVP the tournament. Sunday. AVP oh, tournament here in Chicago, watching the A-team, drinking some drinks. That will be the, the last Sunday that I'm at home for 20 weeks. So I oh, will jeez. Mm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Send some missives on the social media of your day-drinking spot on Sunday. <laughs> uh, speaking of exhausting, we have sort of tried to exhaust all possible options for Cam Newton and where he'll end up, and it sounds like another one is out with Mike McCarthy saying he's thrilled with their quarterback room, which, huh? Are you surprised to hear that response? And and did you also, like us, think that that was probably the best place for Cam to go? So I don't necessarily um, put any stock into any coach's response. Um, Quite honestly, not even Bill Belichick's response on the reason for waving Cam Newton, just from the standpoint that uh, we've been lied to enough by head coaches. They're basically just saying what they have to say. I think what's important to remember here, and this always, speaking of uh, exhausting, and this always riles people up, even though we're just going to state some facts uh, about Cam Newton's vaccination status, if he decides that he wants to not be vaccinated, the reason why that's problematic for him finding a new team as a backup quarterback is that if he's in the quarterback room with the starting quarterback and the starting quarterback is vaccinated and Cam Newton is unvaccinated Mm -hmm. or any quarterback, any backup is unvaccinated, if that starting quarterback is now out because he tests positive for COVID, you can't go to your backup quarterback because he's a close contact and he's automatically out for five days. Mm-hmm. So if on Thursday your starting quarterback tests positive, you don't have a backup quarterback if he was in the same room at any point that week. So like, if there's one position that, that you know the NFL doesn't want, or the NFL PA, PA I should say, doesn't want teams – making these decisions based on vaccination status. If there's one position where like you have to, it's the backup quarterback. That is literally the position that matters the most when it comes to this. So if Cam Newton wants to get on a team, it's probably going to require getting vaccinated. And I realize that's obviously a very personal thing. Do you believe that if Cam was vaccinated, he would be on a team right now? Now that's a great question too, because Thank you. I, I, I honestly mm-hmm. do not know the answer. I don't know. And, and um, 
I say that because before he signed with the Patriots, he was also, it took him three months to find a new team. Um, so it wasn't like there was a ton of action. Now, I do wonder if the fact that he was such a good teammate, by all accounts, in New England, um, and seemingly very supportive of Mac Jones throughout this competition, that that might have helped the team say, you know what, maybe Cam um, really, even despite being this, you know, sort of an alpha male, is it would be a good fit in in a locker room. Um, but I think coupled with everything else, it, it's going to be difficult. It's Spain and Fitz here. Spain, Jason Fitz. We're talking to Jeff Darlington on the Goodyear Hotline on all things NFL. We were just talking about some predictions for the year, and one of the predictions Fitz had was that Sam Darnold is going to have a great year and prove himself worthy of this another shot. Good good, good year. Good. Oh, we're already backtracking. All right. All right. Uh, A pretty good year. He's going to have a surprisingly good year. mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, What what do you think about Sam Darnold and his, his opportunity? Let's say that. Well, I mean, I'll just say this. I am, I, regardless of the supporting cast, which Darnold has Christian McCaffrey in his backfield. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good start. Like, I'm surprised that more people seem willing to say like Carson Wentz is going to have this great rebound year when Sam Darnold is just sort of like sitting on the side as if uh, he wasn't equally plagued by issues with his former team for the past several years. Like, I think I'm more prone to say that Darnold is, is going to have a good comeback than I am Carson Wentz. But is it as much um, of a comeback? Right? There isn't that proof of concept for Darnold the way there was with Wentz. Well, well, um, you know, Ryan Tannehill was the comeback player of the year. When he left Miami, he went to the Titans and he balled out. So, I mean, I feel like Darnold's situation is probably more reflective of that than maybe Wentz, who, um, I mean, it's pretty similar, actually, to be honest. You throw Jameis Winston in there. There's a lot of quarterbacks kind of in that that realm right now that are sort of trying to prove it. And, And I think Darnold certainly is one that, I have some reasonable amount of optimism about. I mean, what, what's funny is I feel like, Jeff, there's just such a, a hesitation for any of us. It was like, wow, Darnold might have a good year. It's just it's uncomfortable to say, all right, Jeff Darlington, we're going into the NFL season. We all know that there are certain storylines that just get overhyped and over-talked about. Yeah. Is there something you're Love looking it. at for oh, the did. NFL season that you're like, man, I wish we were talking more about this? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I am. Uh, I, I feel like we've talked about it a lot in the past few days. So this one in Miami with Tua Tungavaloa, to me, is pretty pretty fascinating. Like everything that's going on there with the Deshaun Watson situation and Tua. That's a that to me is one that I don't think we can talk about enough. So I'm trying to think of some others, but but man, I mean, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to talk about though because it's. Endless speculation. Like, none of us really have any idea what's going on down there. It's pretty wild to have this many questions. And also, I think it doesn't help that the team looks like it's going to suck. So it's like, what do we talk about? (laughs) So I actually, I'll disagree with you there. I think the team is actually set up to be pretty good. Wow. I, I think they're a sneaky team in the AFC East. If you go back and look last year at their point point differential in a lot of the games they lost, they did what a lot of teams that are on the brink of being good do, and they lose games by small margins. I know that's you know no moral victories and all that stuff, 
But I, I do believe this is a team with a really solid defense that is on the rise. And I am fascinated to see if Tua can be the franchise guy for this team and what happens if he's not. I think that is absolutely – that will become a massive storyline if Tua starts to struggle and Deshaun Watson is still out there uh, sort of doing whatever – Deshaun Watson's doing these days. Right, and and allowed to play, which will then be something that we'll right. face exactly. in the coming exactly right. weeks around decision-making by the NFL as well. Hey, Jeff, really appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to those photos of you day drinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I try to stay off social media when I'm drinking. All right, just, just text no, them straight to me. That's a then. smart yeah. thing. We'll live vicariously <laughs> through you. Just, just text them to me. I won't tell anyone, I promise. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Darlington with us here on Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Coming up, we want to stop talking about vaccinations and QBs, but they keep bringing us back. We'll touch on it, plus more, not just that, on the NFL coming up next. Just saw the most incredible thing trending on Twitter, and I know it's really dangerous anytime you see one of those and click on it. Just, you know, what am I in for here? It's like, Scott Bayo is trending. You're like, no, I don't I don't want to know. <laughs> but, but this Not one is Scott. awesome. Not Scott. I mean, we knew Scott Bayo had some. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why that one popped into my head. But um, a Paralympic athlete, a blind athlete, running with a guide. So I don't know if you've seen any of these races, but it's pretty incredible. The guides run alongside them and keep them um, in their lanes and, and everything. Uh, 11-year guide for this runner. As the race ended, he dropped to one knee and proposed on the track. And the visuals are just the cutest and sweetest. Oh, my God. Oh, It was at the end of the women's T11 200-meter heats. Manuel Antonio Vaz de Vega, I'm guessing, Kula Nidrea Pereira Semedo. I'm so sorry for both of those names that I'm sure I did not nail, but what a cool story. I just shared it on Twitter, at Sarah Spain, in case you want to check it out. Uh, there have been some incredible races and stories coming out of the Paralympics, including Fitz. You uh, were around last week when my uh, podcast guest from last week, Mallory Wegman, um, we talked about her story, and uh, she's already got two golds at a Paralympic record. She's got another race tomorrow. She's just crushing it. It's, it's really been cool to watch. Yeah, amazing and amazing. We've said this a few times, but like every time I flip over to it, I just find there's so much emotion behind the Paralympics that I wish it got uh, a higher level of coverage at times because the stories behind it are absolutely incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can go seek it out. I know there's some prime time, but there's also lots of streaming and stuff. For people to uh, for people to check out uh, one other thing, by the way, Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, before we get into a couple football stories, I wanted to touch on. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to at Rosebug underscore twenty two, who just alerted me to the fact that Mac Jones' middle name is McCorkle. Okay, I got that, nothing to say Mac about McCorkle? it. I just. His name is Michael McCorkle Jones. So Mac is actually his middle name, which yeah, makes sense. Yeah, short for McCorkle. Nope, he's McCorkle Jones to me for life now. <laughs> I mean, the minute we get, like, McCorkle, McCorkle Jones, I'm going to use that in as many uh, places as humanly possible from here moving forward. And it's funny because I heard on Cheney and Golick Jr. earlier today, Mike was trying to figure out, you know, what what uh, his possible middle name could be, what nicknames might be for him. His name's McCorkle. That's McCorkle. what we're going with. That's it. 
Uh, what do you think you'll remember to use more often, Jackrabbit Jenkins instead of Janoris or McCorkle Jones? I, I, what I need is for the two of them to have a new TNT show where they're <laughs> cops together. Jackrabbit McCorkle. <laughs> who's the good cop? Who's the bad cop? Oh, I well, mean, I think it's obvious. McCorkle's, McCorkle's, McCorkle's the, yeah. <laughs> he's the stuffy one. McCorkle's totally. like the stuffy one. Jack. Jackrabbit is the one that's like out there just like with all the energy. Yeah, that, that 100%. It, it's, it's he's the yeah. he's the freewheeling one who can't be trusted. He's never following protocols oh, yeah. but always gets to the bottom of things. Absolutely. Jackrabbit is probably and a dirty cop and everybody like you're rooting for him but you're also rooting against him. McCorkle's yeah. the one doing all the paperwork and he's like, "No, we got to go by the book." <laughs> he's for some reason he's got glasses uh just constantly pushing up his nose even though I've never seen McCorkle Jones wearing glasses before. I just think he needs no, them. Uh, it's got a very, a very uh, what was that, 48 hours feel? or Not 48 hours. You know what I'm talking about. Help me out here. Yeah, 48 hours. Yeah, 48, yeah, 48 hours. hours. Eddie yeah. Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack Rabbit's got that Eddie Murphy vibe. Uh, it's Spain and Fitz. We've really gone off the rails here. I'm so sorry. But a proposal and McCorkle, we can't, we can't uh, be expected to stay on track. Uh, also, we have football on. Ohio State, Minnesota is underway. We already had a targeting review. It's really football season now, folks. It's not really football season until there's a, instantly in an important, uh, highly watched game, we have a targeting review. Not targeting. Good news on that front. Uh, yeah, some, you know, somebody, by the way, in Vegas, I'm sure, played a prop bet that, you know, first targeting call will be within yeah. five minutes. They got very rich. <laughs> uh, we were just talking to Jeff Darlington, and he was very honest about Cam's unvaccinated status having an impact on whether or not he'll find a home. And speaking of unvaccinated quarterbacks, Carson Wentz is one of those. And this is what he said today. Obviously missed practice, first of all, for surgery, then immediately, almost immediately, I put on the reserve COVID-19 list on Thursday because of a high close, uh, high risk, close contact had to be away for five days. Now he's back. Uh, and he elaborated after previously de- deciding not to say This time he elaborated on the question about his vaccination status and said, I respect everybody else's decision. And I just ask that everybody does the same for me. I know that's not the world we live in. Everyone isn't going to view things the same. No one really knows what's going on in someone else's household and how things are being handled. So it's a personal decision. That's just where I'm at on it. Fitz, this is pretty infuriating. Uh, The idea that the Respect goes both ways, whether or not your decision is one that endangers others and prolongs the pandemic or isn't is not the same as I wish everyone would just respect that I don't like pie or I do. Right. Like that's something we debate on this show. But ultimately, you're allowed to have your bad opinion on pie. It's not just a bad opinion or a bad personal choice not to get vaccinated. I don't know how many times we have to go around in circles talking about this. Yeah, and I think, you know, a couple of things. One, when you start talking about a personal decision, nothing you do in a team atmosphere is a personal decision. I mean, there's there's repercussion to everybody involved. And so you have to, to look at, at that portion of it and say, okay, that's step one of it. But now I'm starting to really wonder about, you know, frankly, the due diligence that was or wasn't around Carson Wentz by the Colts because one thing to keep in mind is that the Colts sent the Eagles you know draft picks uh what was it in in April and so it's not like COVID was a new thing by then now the vaccine obviously was still uh, pretty new for a lot of people but if you're uh, Ballard if you're Chris Ballard if you're Frank Reich I'm a little surprised that they didn't have an understanding at least of where they were going down this path with this player, knowing that he was going to be their future. And I'm a little surprised to see 
that as an organization, they haven't been able to sort of communicate the importance of this in a way that makes Carson understand that, again, when you're part of a a team and when you're part of a union that collectively bargains this before anybody tweets us, let's all remember that, you know, this is this is the protocol. So Carson Wentz not following that that portion of the protocol has a good chance of costing the Colts. And if that's the case, he's got nobody to blame but himself for the entirety of that process. I do wonder, because you saw clips of him speaking to the media today without a mask. I, I don't know what the rules are on that. I, I also wonder if there's any conversations around teams. If you have a uh, a parent, a child who's not the age that can be vaccinated, anyone in your family um, that has any sort of compromised health, I, I just wonder if you're more concerned being around unvaccinated folks or if they are around your family members. I mean, it, it's just a lot more complicated. I know, for instance, Fitz, I'm, I you know went to Louisville and, and had asked every single person coming if they were vaccinated because I'm not going to hang out with them indoors. I'm not going to be on a bus with them. I'm not going to make those choices. And to have that choice made for you because of an employee, um, most places are not allowing that anymore. Most places are saying you're vaccinated or you're out. And that's happening to analysts. That's happening to reporters. The fact that it's not happening to athletes means that it's probably a difficult conversation in some of these locker rooms. Yeah, that's also happening at some places where people are sitting in front of a microphone spewing a lot of vaccine right. information where, in fact, their company requires them to wear a mask when they get off air. I, I, right. I'm I mean, Fox News, you have here. to be vaccinated. Yeah. They're all vaccinated. You have to wear masks in the building. And then they go on TV and say the opposite. And it it's... Uh, it's pretty it's pretty wild to think that there's that going on and then you look at a team like the Bucks that's 100% vaccinated. Um it I think this is going to be a conversation unfortunately that's going to go on for a while this season. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, a better conversation coming up with one of our faves talking about a big name quarterback. It's next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and Sirius XM channel lady. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Obviously, that uh, the joy that you feel is the the return of meaningful college football games all over. I know we had weeks here last week. We have week one now. Ohio State already up seven nothing on Minnesota. We'll keep you updated on that game as it goes. Uh, but in the meantime, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. You can say big when you bundle your home, auto, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit progressive dot com. We're going to head over to the Goodyear hotline as we get everybody ready for all things football. The great Mina Kimes joins us, Mina, with a spectacular article out on ESPN.com right now that you need to check out. And it was, I'll admit it, Mina, tough for me to read because I want to, as a Raiders fan, I want to find a reason not to like Justin Herbert, but it's virtually impossible. <laughs> what made you want to sit down with him to write this article? Uh, you know, I... Really, well, obviously, Justin Herbert as a football player dazzled everybody last year, but it occurred to me that I didn't know a lot about him as a person. And I that as a writer, is kind of what intrigues you And when it comes to doing profiles, especially if it's a player who I think uh, is so electric on the field. You kind of want to know what makes them tick or what they're like or what it's like to be around them. Uh, so when I found out he had some free time in July and was going to be in Oregon and I had – uh, some free time. Our shows were dark. I seized the opportunity to get to know a little bit more about him. Mina, it's a great story. I especially love the clothes. Uh, but I'm wondering, you know, do you feel like you do know him significantly better, or is he so intent on being private um, that mostly you just learned he's as polite as anyone said? <laughs> I do. I, you know, and it's funny, Sarah. I, I said I, 
wanted to learn a little bit more about him by spending time with him. But I think I learned a lot more by spending time around the people who know him best, yeah. his friends and family and teammates, um, all of whom r- really adore him and have gotten to see some of the things I think people who get to spend limited time with him or no time don't really get to see, which is how competitive he is, um, how goofy he is, how he has uh, certain quirks and interests that he doesn't even reveal to the world. I got to every single person. I only mentioned a couple of people talking about how much he loves Settlers of Catan, the board game. But (laughs) I am not exaggerating when I say at least 10 people mentioned that to me. Um, (laughs) The dude loves Settlers of Catan. So, yeah, it was kind of neat to hear about that from other people. So when you start looking at this process, and I always go back to thinking about the draft. I mean, there were some question marks about Herbert and what he would look like as a pro. Everybody was trying to figure out. Now that you've sat down with him, you know, is there something that you think maybe NFL teams missed when they sat down with him before the draft? Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think, as I sort of wrote about, you know, I think probably the draft process places too much emphasis on a certain style of leadership that isn't always necessary, which is being, you know, loud, frankly, and um, being an extrovert. And although there have been successful introverts, Andrew Luck, Eli Manning, who I mentioned in the story, most recently Kyler Murray, I think, would fall into that category, it's still frowned upon or seen as kind of like something you have to overcome. And I, and I, I think in talking to Herbert's teammates – None of them really saw it that way because there are many ways to lead and that goes beyond football. And he's the kind of person who leads through preparation and by example and through some of the things he does on the field. And I think NFL teams would probably be better served to focus on those things or learn to see them as strengths. Mina Kimes is with us here on Spain and Fitz on the Goodyear Hotline talking about her story about the mercurial and mysterious Justin Herbert. You can find it on ESPN.com. I love the section where you pulled from a book that he had been given about introverts and how they actually might see and feel things very deeply. They're taking it all in. They just don't need to tell everyone about it all the time. And talking to some of the folks that had that same label and had to fight through it. Um, Because there are evolved minds who can see beyond those stereotypes, doesn't always mean that they ex- they can convince everybody else. Does it feel like there needs to be convincing of any of the staff of the Chargers or even his teammates still, or was last year's success, maybe not record-wise, but in terms of it play, enough to get everybody on board with his style? I think they're all on board. I mean, when you ball out like he did, right. um, yeah, everyone immediately kind of comes on board. And, and I think it's also notable that this is a team in Los Angeles where there's kind of a turning of a corner, you know, with Herbert coming in, new coaching staff, uh, Brandon Staley, who's younger and from the Rams. He was a defensive coordinator, kind of a wonderkin there. And um, there's, there's a sense of kind of excitement and possibility around the building that, you know, is maybe a different tone from the last decade or so, even with, you know, Philip Rivers led teams that made it to the playoffs. The culture was different. The style was different. The tone was different. And it seems like a young, promising team that uh, there's a lot of excitement around that building. But can you be QB1 in L.A. in a huge market for this team trying to make their big mark and get that big footing 
with a quarterback that seems to be more introverted as a personality? Well, you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone about this because the, both the Chargers and the Rams have been trying to fill, build followings in L.A., right? Um, and the Rams have made this huge move to get Matt Stafford, and they've got a head coach in Sean McVay who's like almost a star, as big of a star as like some players. But the Chargers, I think, have been kind of looking for who's the – identity of this team and I don't think Justin Herbert is ever going to embrace being a star in the sense of like doing a lot of commercials and publicity and going to Hollywood or whatever but if they're successful on the field I also think it probably won't matter because the fans will rally behind them nevertheless. It's funny, yeah, because Matt Stafford, we just saw a profile of him from Seth Wickersham, who said similar things. Doesn't want to do a lot of endorsements, kind of stays to himself, doesn't want to overshare. So they've got these two quarterbacks uh, that play-wise might draw a lot of interest, but aren't maybe selling that Hollywood vibe that uh, some other quarterbacks around the league, I'm sure, would love that market to work in. Uh, Mina, was there something that you didn't get a chance to put in the story that you wish you had a space for, something funny or interesting about Herbert? Yes, there is. Uh, so I mentioned the story <laughs> that he started a fishing club in high yes. school. And I actually met a teacher who had all of the founding documents of the fishing club um, that Justin Herbert, like as the founder <laughs> and I guess president, uh, he had to like put together <laughs> the paperwork, if you will, to invite people to the club, which has since taken on a life of its own. And there's like, it, it still exists to this day. Um, and the teacher sent me like the invitation that Herbert wrote and sent out to fishermen. At, uh, pardon me. I have it, the document in front of me, um, elite fishermen. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it actually says, this is a premium club that extends to only the best, which is why we have sent this letter to you. If becoming a great fisherman and catching big fish with buddies is a top priority for you, <laughs> it's imperative to attend this meeting. Uh, and uh, he also put together a test testing your knowledge of fish. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. This, is a, this is a top secret message that will self-destruct five minutes after being read. But I oh still have my it. Gosh. I guess that's not true. Amazing. That is, I, I'm shook <laughs> by all of this. This Mina, guy is uh, so easy to root for. It's so annoying. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Try being a Raiders fan at this point. Like, it's, it, this is why I drink every Sunday. Mina, is there, we have seen some young quarterbacks so that, that blow up year one and then year two take a small step back. Any indication, I mean, you watch so much film. Is there any concern you have that, you know, there, there's some level of small step back in the future for him? I think the biggest concern would be whether or not the Chargers' rebuilt offensive line is uh, what they hope it will be, right? This was obviously the, a weakness with the team last year, and Herbert had a lot of success on uh, third downs, under pressure, things that aren't necessarily sustainable year to year. Now, the hope is, again, with the drafting of Sean Slater, who looks fantastic, and the um, return of Brian Bulaga and the signing of Corey Lindsley, that it'll be a better group. But Bulaga's been hurt. Sean's a rookie. So that would be a question mark. Yeah, it, it does feel like, too, this is a real opportunity because of the excitement around Herbert from last year to stop being the butt of the joke in terms of fans. Does it feel like there's a chance they can earn back a little more respect? Will there be Chargers faithful filling the stadium and, and fighting for relevance? Or are we going to have a whole lot of uh, visiting fans taking over again? Uh, I think you're going to have a lot of visiting fans. But I will say this. I was surprised by how many Chargers fans were um, talking to me on the Internet today. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know. They were, they're all wow. out there. 
they, they, and they, are, they are thrilled that we are giving them attention and doing a, a, a big story on their guy because it's a team that, you know, we, I, ESPN, national media generally, like we don't talk about them that much. I, and um, the, the fans do exist and they are, there's still a lot of them in San Diego and there's a lot of excitement right now with, you know, a hint of fear that we're cursing them yet again. <laughs> well, if there's anything I know, the article is great. Check it out on ESPN.com. As always, Mina, you've done spectacular work, even if it is the third-place team in the West. And it needs to be the third-place team in the West for my mental health. Like, I'll give the division to Kansas City, then Oakland, then, Oakland, then Vegas surprises everybody, and the Chargers can wow. come in third, Mina. Mm-hmm. That's all I ask. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, sure. Me, we'll see. We'll see. It's a very Justin Herbert answer. That's such a sympathy (laughs) answer to that. Mina, you're the best, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, and great work as always. Thanks for having me on, guys. Bye. Well, you know, Mina, Mina doing all this great work on a third place yeah. team in the West. Let me believe, oh, Sarah. Wow. I've only got a week and a half left. Just promote the story, my, Fitz. Leave your Raiders out of it. Go to ESPN.com. Check it out. It really is a spectacular read. And uh, just when you think you couldn't like Justin Herbert anymore, you read that article and you realize you can. So it's a really interesting and great work by her. In the meantime, we've got college football underway. We'll get you updated on the game happening right now and tell you what it means for everything moving forward next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Sarah, I may have just seen the uh, the best commercial. Uh, had to be the most fun to record in a long time as I'm watching a the college football matchup happening right now, and I see Kirk Herbstreet huddling up with a bunch of mascots, and I'm realizing this is a perfect idea because, frankly, everybody's masked up. Like it, it feels like it's probably pretty safe in today's world, and you get to hang out with a bunch of mascots. So that feels like that might be the most fun. Are you like a? a is there a mascot fandom for you, Sarah? Okay, first of all, I'm obsessed with mascots. Sometimes I like in the quiet recesses of my own brain, wonder if I'm like just one tiny step away from being a furry. And now I have said that on national radio. Mm. I love mascots so much. I, t- I, I try not to think though. And I thought about this recently when I was at an event and my friend was like essentially humping a mascot's leg. I try to think about who's in there. Uh, it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, you're really big into Halloween. You ever go to a haunted house and they like grab you to surprise you in various places on your body? Mm-hmm. Right, like you know, yeah. to to scare you, it's all fun and games until you think about whether the person in there's like really enjoying it, right? So sometimes, if I spend a little too long thinking about the mascots that I love and I wonder who's in there, then it kind of like creeps me out. But most of the time, I act like a child and I really just perceive them as giant animals that are uh, anthropomorphized. One one of my favorite things about traveling with Game Day a couple of years ago was uh, during all the commercial breaks. Uh, the game day crew had me sort of help keep the crowd energy up. So I would find the mascots and we'd do like dance-offs and all sorts of things. So I'm all in on mascots. I will tell you to the point of who's in there, I was standing there at game day one Saturday with Mike Golick Jr. And whoever the uh, the man was, uh, and I say man, that uh, was in the Clemson uh, Tiger Might have been a outfit. Lady. Oof. I mean, maybe, but it was the most Lou Ferrigno looking back I've ever seen on anything in my life. <laughs> and even Mike just sat there and said, look at that. Like, so you ended up with like 10 of us standing there just looking at how yoked the Clemson mascot was. So I got nothing but respect for it. Like, cause all I, d- I was thinking is like putting that outfit on when you're that beefy. Oh, that is just, that's gotta, you gotta feel like a golden God. I will tell you, I don't know who the current Benny the bull is. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to throw any shade to how good looking the current Benny the Bull might be, 
But the last Benny the Bull before the most recent one was hot as hell. And I was shocked. I will tell you. <laughs> I did an event. He took off his head briefly, and I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Benny, let's go. I was very shocked because I kind of figured if you're someone who spends most of your time with a big furry costume and head on that you wouldn't be a looker. But I was wrong. Uh, by the way, uh, you should all go check out Mascots by Christopher Guest, uh, the amazing yes. movie that's on Netflix. I have written that down and still haven't watched it after you told me that. Yeah, well, yeah, check it out. But if I can give you any advice, don't follow my path. Like, don't eat any Flintstones first. That's all I'm saying because it, it gets a little weird for you. Flintstones. You, yeah, you know, gummy vitamins. That's all I think. Flintstones is what you called them. Sure. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, that's okay. what the TSA agent called them when he okay. took them out of my bag. All uh-huh. right. So, Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We got news from the Spain and Fitz Nation. Uh, we've been hit up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed by a lot of you. As, uh, as some of you are, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Too dumb to figure a poll out. Like, the poll asked very specifically, (laughs) your last Sunday without NFL football, are you tackling to-dos around the house, in summer party mode, day drinking, prepping for a fantasy draft, watching a movie, hanging out with your spouse to appease them before football season? Like, that's a very clear list. Now, we've talked a lot about college football, and I keep looking at the number of tweets you're getting from people that say, we watch college football. All right, Right, right. that's cool. Like, that just wasn't part of the And if you're watching it Sunday... Cool. That's not as interesting of a conversation to just say, I'm watching other football until the other football arrives. Great. Congratulations. I I, I do appreciate that the majority of our listeners and Twitter followers are partying. I think that's on brand. Most of them said they're still day drinking. I'm here for that. Yeah, and I also like Kim Ash that came out and said, none of the above, drinking wine and watching the sunset. Next, we're lighting the fire pit. What is this football you speak of? <laughs> well, that, that must be a delight. Look, I'm not even mad about it, Kim. Like, I yeah. look at that and say, I would love to know what it feels like to not feel <laughs> like I'm going to actually have an aneurysm in yeah. the middle of a Raiders It actually it reminds me of a week or so ago, I was with a friend of mine from college, and I mentioned QAnon, and she goes, what's QAnon? And I go, oh, my God. To be in your brain would be such a joy. She just, she has a lot of kids. She's never on the internet. She just stays away from that stuff. And I'm like, I'm not even making fun of you. I'm jealous. I would love to know what it feels like to not even know what QAnon is, not to mention have intimate details about what they're talking about. I mean, I, I keep thinking back, like we, we were talking one day a few weeks ago about uh, peace be with you and like that, that yeah, phrase. Is, like, uh, whoever, like whoever has said peace be with you obviously has never watched a Raiders game because I don't know right. peace. Like, there's oh, no I thought peace. you were going to say the joy that I have of not knowing anything about what happens in churches <laughs> and asking if people, do they like salute Jesus or what are we doing here? Are we salute? Is this the part where we salute? I, I, God, that only makes me think of the night before. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Uh, obviously, you guys can keep hitting us up on the uh, Dr. Pepper uh, Nation Twitter feed, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. We do have college football action going on right now as Ohio State is taking on Minnesota. It's 7 and nothing. We are just into the second. It feels a little bit right now like Ohio State sort of toying with Minnesota. I, I hope for the sake of where Minnesota is going as a program that, that they can be competitive. But this also doesn't really surprise me. As I said earlier, when you think about the production, even the wide receivers are back for Ohio State, and that's big names. You're talking about 52% of the production is all they're returning. That tells you there's a bunch of changeover. So I think you know we should expect a little bit of a sloppy game from Ohio State. And I also think 
that we should avoid any hot takery about it tomorrow about where that means they are versus a program like Clemson, Alabama, uh, or Oklahoma. <laughs> Look at you. Pretending Fine. like there's a chance in hell that we will not have hot takery based on the results of week one, even though we know every year we get to the end and there are early games that can be argued away as not important if they don't fit the larger narrative around a team and how they've fared since. We act like each game is the end-all be-all. And yes, of course, in college football, more so than other things, it is incredibly important. But the idea that we're I'm seeing on debate shows everywhere, if this team loses, is that the end of the season? It never is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the number of variables, by the way, uh, field goal for Ohio State, they go up 10 nothing now on Minnesota. The number of variables in that conversation uh, just presumes – like that everybody else is going to have exactly the season that we all think that they're going to have. And as a result, now we're going to figure out what the committee's going to do. Like we have plenty of time to argue about that in October and November when we actually get some body of work. And I think it's important to remember coming into the weekend that with no preseason and given the way that college football's built, like week one is going to give us unpredictability. I think that's part of the joy of watching the beginning of the college football season because guess what? It doesn't get less predictable as the year goes on. I think this is the most entertaining portion of it because the more reps that Alabama and Clemson get, the better those teams get, the more likely they are just to blow everybody out. So it's, it's fun for me early on. Well, I'm just really glad that you don't have a college football team. Because knowing your behavior around the Raiders and the number of years that you've taken off your life, I'm glad that you just enjoy it. Yeah, if I ever get a college football team, it'll be Bama. I just want to win. All right, oh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons <laughs> coming up. Nick Saban joining them. Thanks for hanging wow. out with us on Spain and Fitz. Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio.